everyone. This is Regina. Hi, horse lovers. This is Lynn. This week on the Horse Industry Podcast. This episode is on injured horses. Now, the disclaimer is that we are not going to talk about the loss of a horse because I cannot emotionally handle the loss of a horse. So this this episode is going to be on horses that have an injury that kind of sidelines them for could be a week, could be a year, could be longer, or maybe they're permanently done being shown. But this episode is on injured horses and how, you know, maybe some tips. I found a couple articles on tips that help you get through that time period. Um, Again, not about a horse that gets injured and has to be euthanized. That's such a personal loss that, and our podcast is a happy place for us. I don't want to talk about that. I just want to talk about hurt horses. Yeah, and I have tears in my eyes because this is kind of a sad story. It is. And so I have recently a personal experience with an injured horse. And I will share it with you guys. And I'm to the point now where I can talk about it because he'll be fine. But I we were at the barn. It was a random sunny Monday afternoon and Lila was lunging her beloved youth horse blue sent certified as his registered name. And I was sitting in my car working because I'm a working mother to pay for this life. And so I'm sitting in the car working on my laptop and I had the car parked facing the outdoor arena where our trainer and Lila were both lunging horses. And I was I always have that sense of how fortunate I am to be living this life and doing this. And so I'm watching Lila lunge blue and Heather's lunging another horse. And it was just, it was such a beautiful afternoon. The arena was dusty. They were lunging. I could see that Heather and Lila were talking to each other. It was just, it was a neat moment. And I know that Blueberry has to buck before he can be ridden. That's just kind of, we all have those horses. Right. How many people go, you know what your horse is going to do when you lunge it yeah. every single time? Every single time. And you know what they need to do, how long they need to go one way versus the other. Do they need to buck? You know that if they willingly break down to the trot, that they're ready. I mean, you just know your horse. And so I knew that Blueberry had to buck and he had not bucked yet. And I saw Lila make him buck per normal. But when Blueberry came down, he did that that scooch thing that sometimes they do, you know, kind of like you they kind of roll their ankle or stumble in the back end. And he kind of went down funny. And I was just watching through that windshield and he stopped, as they often do, and he wouldn't put weight on that back leg. And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, sitting in the car, walk it off walk it off, just walk it off. And Lila was walking him, but he wasn't putting weight on that back leg. And I sat there and I watched and Heather stopped lunging the horse that she had. And I could see Heather and Lila talking and Heather was watching Blue. And I could see Lila walking him and he was not putting weight on that back leg. And I had that moment sitting in the car, looking through the windshield. I knew I needed to get out of the car and to go out to that pen and to engage with the situation. Yet I wanted to sit in that moment in time where it was almost like it was unfolding, but it wasn't real. Because I knew when I got out of that car and I went out and I talked to my child and I looked at the horse and I talked to the trainer, that that meant that the situation was real. And I sat, I remember sitting there in the car thinking, and it was probably a minute or two, but it felt like an hour 
just watching and thinking, Blue, walk it off. You got to walk it off, man. And he didn't. And so I, I set my laptop down, took a deep breath, and I walked out to that arena. And he, Blue, was not putting weight on that back leg. We have been literally preparing for two world shows, Pino and Paint, this year, pretty much for three years. And we were three weeks out from leaving. And her beloved show horse wasn't putting weight on his back leg. And that is one of those moments where you think, ugh. Of, oh. <laughs> I don't think you can describe it. I, you can't describe it. And I'm I'm sitting here with tears in my eyes, mm-hmm. too. And, and we're going to make this have a happy yeah, ending. It's yeah. going to have a happy ending. But, I mean, you just had three years, years. preparing for Lila's dream, yeah. the world show, your dream, the world, sh- the Pinto world, the paint world, mm-hmm. all of that. And in one buck or jump, in a, in a done. second, he's done. And you had to make, you had to make a, a decision whether he lives or dies at that moment. Yeah. We spent probably, I looked at Heather and Blue was, <sighs> Heather's like, okay, let's get him back to the barn. Now, the good news for us is that our vet, the barn vet was already on his way anyway. He was come for something completely not related, obviously. And so she called the vet and she's like, okay, when are you going to be here? You need to get here. And Lila's leading Blue back to the barn. And I stand behind Blue and I can just see his hock. And every time he went to put weight on that hock, it just jiggled, wobbled. And like, Heather, you got to see this. And so she went over and she stood behind him and she's she looked at me and I was so physically ill at that time. I remember having to kind of like put my head down kind of almost between my legs because I just wanted to throw up. And I looked at Heather and I wanted Heather, trainers fix everything, right? you know? I'm looking at Heather going, my God, please fix this. Heather can't fix it. I mean, but I'm looking at her, you know, Heather's our trainer, but she's also my friend. And I'm like, I looked at her and said, I am okay if we can't show this horse again, if he has to retire now, it's okay. But he has to live. I mean, I was truly terrified at that moment that he had actually broken his hock. And um, I, I and not that not that I could tell Heather and Heather could make sure that happened, but I needed to say that out loud. So hopefully the gods in the sky and all the Saint Francis of Assisi, the patron saint of animals, <laughs> could <laughs> protect the horse. Because I had this sense that I needed to protect the child as well. So we get Blueberry back to back to the barn. And I will say that as he continued to walk, it got a little better. But Blue is Blue got moved to official retirement and he wasn't supposed to be retired right now. And so he we spent three years getting ready for both the Pino and the paint world. And we're still going. I had visions of, you know, Lila was dialed in on the showmanship. She was dialed in. Trail, she was pretty much dialed in on the trail. I mean, those are her two. I was going for buckles in showmanship and trail. Would we have gotten them? Who knows? You know, so much can happen at a world show, at any horse show. But we were ready for trail and showmanship. And you know what? We were pretty much also ready for horsemanship and eck. And so it was kind of like, we're ready to go. Heather had him ready. We're we're set. And suddenly now we're going from taking Lila's youth horse that she has spent three years getting ready on. Now she's taking her other horse that was supposed to be for next year and she has 
three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> That's a three big weeks, three years. It's a big change. So the good news is that Blue's Hawk was not broken. He is he basically has a full year off and that full year he is he's retired. And so I'm happy that I can give him the retirement that I promised him. I when I bought Blue, I told him this was his last stop. Uh, timing could have been better. It could have been worse. I mean, I guess I'm grateful that it didn't happen when we were down in Texas. You couldn't have hauled him home. I mean, if that had happened yeah. in Texas, you would have had to find a place for him to to lay over because he couldn't have. I don't think he could have managed the trip home in the via, in the trailer. No. And so I I'm grateful for a lot of things. I'm grateful that we have Blue. I'm grateful for the three years that we had with him. I'm grateful that it, his injury was not catastrophic and that we had to make that tough call that day because there was probably a good hour where I was incredibly worried that I would have to make that call whether or not we had to put him down and we don't have to. So that's, that's a, I guess it's a silver lining. Lila's been working hard with her new horse and thank goodness. I'm grateful that we had a backup. The backup was supposed to be her horse anyway. She might not have been prepared to be the backup, but she's pulling together really well. Yeah. Willow's kind of like, excuse me, what's happening? I went from getting ridden a little bit to all of a sudden I'm an all around her. You know, we had dreams of the showmanship and the trail. And now I'm looking at, I'm looking at the pinnacle world going, oh, those ideal classes are looking really good. (laughs) You know, rail work, color and halter. So So that's kind of a personal story about what's happened to me, which also led us to this episode on injured horses. Yeah. And Gina, I'm going to say too, like, I think it's important for all of us horse owners, we understand with show horses what goes into the maintenance Mm. of those animals. And I know that you guys do the maintenance. Yes. You don't wait for the horse to hurt. You treat the horse with injections and all that prior to the horse being in pain and letting mm-hmm. them be comfortable. And I think that's really key is that don't don't wait till your horse is hurt. Yeah, to be address pro, it. Be proactive. And that's probably why Blue hurt himself mm-hmm. because you guys had done everything to keep him so that he felt like he could buck and play. Yes. And then in his in his fourteen year old, right? Is he fourteen? Yep. Fourteen yep. year old Hawk was just yeah. He probably needed a knee scope like us old ladies need <laughs> knee scopes. Did. And it wasn't a huge surprise to us. I think you've made a very good point in that we his hawk has been a little bit on our radar. We knew that actually we had stopped showing him in the hunter under saddle because we knew that that long trot kind of irritated that hawk. We knew that hawk was it, it needed maintenance. And just as you said, we have been we've been giving it that maintenance and we've been watching it. And so it wasn't a total surprise, yet it was just a bad day. That beautiful Monday afternoon, it was like, oh, today's the day. Today's the day. It is. It is truly life-changing. But, you know, as Lynn and I have shared, all horse owners get to this point where they have an injured horse. And I looked up some tips to kind of share with people because I wanted to share my experience and how we handled it when Blue went down last week. Gosh, I think it's been just a week. And one of the tips I, I saw was, first of all, be calm. It said, you know, take a deep breath, confirm the situation, get a hold of the vet. And it kind of goes back to that moment that I had in the car where I'm like, is this really happening? Am I seeing what I'm seeing? And I also had a child's 
emotions to think of. And she's out there holding her horse. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, she doesn't have a concept of how truly serious this issue could be. And so it was, and of course I give Heather all the credit in the world because Heather handles everything wonderfully, but we walked out there and we handled it very calmly and we needed to be calm for that horse as well. So injuries on horses, I mean, how to treat them. Yeah. And Gina, Gina now said, I work in the medical device industry. Very and- successfully, by the way. <laughs> and sports medicine is a big part of my portfolio. The the sports medicine for human athletes, that's a $1 billion industry mm-hmm. for the, the management of athletes and, and their the horses, injuries. Horses are athletes. Yeah. And it's not far behind. I mean, as far as the horses, it's it's not far behind. And one of the articles that I read, and again, Gina, we talked about this a little bit earlier, and, and Gina did this, and we do this with our horse too. At the beginning of the season, it's all about its maintenance, having that evaluation and getting the baseline at the start of the season as to what you're dealing with. And then keep your your management of that athlete throughout the entire season on target. And that's different different therapies. It might be chiropractic. Shoeing is absolutely key to that. I mean, a lot of people at the end of the season pull the shoes off their horse, stick it out in the pasture, and they don't maintain those feet. Mm. And you you can't do that. We all Anybody that's showing seriously knows that you've got to maintain the feet and the condition and the feeding and all of that, even through the off season. Farriers are so important for continued success. And actually, Lynn and Kevin taught me that years ago. We just, I think when you and I were growing up, we didn't have that sense of how important that is, Mm -hmm. but farrier work is critical to soundness and that athlete's performance. Yeah, and I've watched Denise call closure at Flying Seabar Ranch bring in all kinds of equine athletes from race horses to barrel horses to roping horses to cutting horses. And I mean, she puts down a piece of paper on a rubber mat and has the horse step its hoof on the mat. And it'll, like, you can tell if it's stepping down flat. But I, mean, I wow. guess we, I mean, that's a lot about um, managing the shoeing. But again, mm-hmm. all those things that are so important in maintaining that horse throughout its career and keeping it sound and healthy. And you guys did everything right. Mm-hmm. It just accidents happen. And I and I it's an equivalent to being a parent and having your child tear an ACL yeah. during their high school career. I mean, I watched my son have knee injuries throughout his career and, and sitting on the sideline and not wanting it to be real. Yes. And facing it and, and exactly what you guys did with Blue. Yeah. Sitting in the bleachers and watching that thinking, if I move, if I go down there, then it makes it real. You know, if I got out of the car that day and walked out there and engaged with the scenario, it's suddenly not something I'm watching. It's something that I have to manage and cope with and put one step in front of the one foot in front of the other. Yeah. So I just want to add a little, I guess, story to this about Lila's perseverance and losing blue. She so she she showed her new horse this weekend. And this is like the horse family is so important oh, to all of this, right? So important. So Lila and Blue are amazing at trail. Mm-hmm. Like they've just got it completely figured out. They're so good. So Lila goes to the arena for the first time to show Willow mm-hmm. in trail. Again, mm-hmm. Willow pulled out of, you know, kind of semi-activity. Oh, for sure. And the first thing Willow does is like a gate. I don't work gates. And she what, kicks out a little she bit. She does. She was, first of all, she, we didn't have her on regimate. So she was in heat and she's not in shape. And this was day two of the show. And she doesn't know Lila very well. So she kind of did this kind of like 
a little bit of a butt raise thing. Like, yeah, I don't think so, girlfriend. I'm not doing this gay. I kind of want to go back to the stall and eat my hay. Yeah. yeah. So Lila pushes through it. And, you know, so Trail, you're kind of out there on an island alone mm-hmm. with everybody watching you. Mm-hmm. There's no, it's not like there's other people in the pen showing it. Like, you're pretty much yeah. on display. On display, right? 100%. So Lila pushes through it. She and he does. Has a couple other issues. Yeah. This is where the horse family comes in uh-huh. because when Lila completes that pattern and it was not going to get a point no. or a placing probably, no, no. she gets a standing, standing ovation. Ova- the arena erupted. It was, everybody was clapping for her. They were so proud of her. And when she was out there, you know, she didn't know as she was going through those, those elements, if people are like, oh, geez, that's a hot mess, or if they were willing her to do it. And somehow, as a 14-year-old, she dug deep, and she made that mare complete those obstacles that that mare was challenging her on. And she she got to the last element, and she turned that, that circle in that box, and she stepped out. And my beloved horse show family clapped the arena erupted. It was so amazing to have that kind of support for my child. I love our horse show families. I do. I do. It's a it's a wonderful the horse show industry is a wonderful industry. So thanks for letting me share that memory. It was a special one. And it really speaks to the emotions that come into play when we have to move into plan B because our horse is injured. So let's go back to those tips. So the first tip they said is to be calm. The second tip is to get a plan and to plan, you know, how am I going to help this animal through its recovery? How am I going to help this animal be comfortable? And we have Blue, of course, on some butte and he's on stall rest and he's got really cute air rides on his back feet. So he is comfortable. And I would also say that it's important for equestrians to get a second opinion you know, this isn't my first horse injury. It's really fresh. But I have oftentimes gotten a second opinion. I mean, vets are humans too. And different vets have different backgrounds. They have different experiences with different injuries and types of horses and how these horses are performing, whether or not they're pleasure horses or cutting horses or halter horses. So get that second opinion on how to make a plan for that horse. But I think, you know, There are different ways that you can take advantage of a situation like this. Now, one of the things an article suggested was you could teach your horse new skills. Now, I don't know about that. (laughs) Eating (laughs) cookies. Yeah, like smiling and bending down. I'm really not into that. But I can share with you that I had a horse that was on stall rest for a little bit, and she was always really naughty about getting her ears clipped. Like she was super sensitive about her ears, putting ears earplugs in and out. And Lila and I spent a lot of time, since she was on stall rest, we would go in there and just kind of rub her head and we worked up to her ears. We have no issues anymore putting earplugs oh, in awesome. and out. Yeah. So there's there's times that that you, this gives you time that you can work on some of those things. Like another person said, you know, my horse was hurt. He, he was on stall rest. He was terrible about getting his legs brushed or clipped. Well, since he was on stall rest, the woman had the time, instead of riding and preparing, she had the time to really spend time with that horse in that stall and focus on kind of desensitizing the horse. So you can take advantage of that. As far as people go, 
it's pretty devastating. I mean, it was really devastating. And Lyle and I are very lucky that we did have a backup horse. But people had to take kind of care of themselves too in that situation. And maybe they ride a new horse. I tell you what, I go from my horse that I ride all the time and get on another horse. I feel like I'm riding an alien. Right. It's so different. It's so different. I don't know how trainers do it. I don't know how they go from one horse to the next. To me, I get on there and I feel like a giant potato on the back of the horse. (laughs) That's why we're amateurs. Yes. (laughs) And some people say, you know, something's happened for a reason and maybe it's time for the equestrian to take a break. Now, that's terrible. I think it's the opposite of that. I'm doing the opposite of that. We're like driving to the barn four times a week now instead of two and, you know, really trying to pull everything together. But we were already in motion going down to the world shows and... Again, I have said this and I will say this a hundred times. We show horses not for the win because if you go just to win, you are never going to be happy. You, It is not possible to win everything you go in. Now, are we competitors? Absolutely. Is winning fun? 100%. I mean, we go to compete. But going to horse shows and working with these animals is about so much more than that placing. Yeah, I give you a lot of credit to Gina because it would be easy to pull the plug <sighs> on the world show, right? It would just be easy to say, you know what? We're not going to go this year. We've got yeah. three weeks to get ready. Mm-hmm. But for your daughter's mental mm-hmm. state, the friendships, the yes. families that you're traveling with. I mean, we were just talking about walking every morning yes. in Fort Worth and like that. You're so right to continue that journey for the experience yeah. and not for the buckles this year. Yeah, but I, just for I the experience. I thank you for that because it is tough. And we Plus I would be so disappointed. You have to go for me. <laughs> this has been emotional. And I'm planning on being there right along with you guys. So. Yes. Lynn and I are gonna spend some time together down in Tulsa and Fort Worth. She has some cutting shows and we are excited to, you know, interview some people who show for for the podcast. The world was perfect three and a half weeks ago. Lila and Blue were heading down there. And we worked for years and years to get ready to show at the World Show. And now we're kind of using the World Show as an opportunity to get a new team together and prepare for the rest of the season. So maybe my maybe Kevin, my husband will be the superstar. He could be cutting the superstar. events because we're going to three cutting events while yeah. we're out there too. So maybe Kevin will be our superstar. Yes. <laughs> we're we're banking on Kevin. So, you know, we talk about that. And I think one of the best things that I read was that even though the horse is injured, that doesn't mean the horse suddenly loses its value. Because if you love the horse and you love what you do, you owe it to that horse to make sure that he or she has that opportunity to recover, to live the best life that that horse can. And as I've said many times, there are horses loved as much as blue, but there is no horse loved more than blue. And so because of that, I am so grateful that we have had him and that we can give him the retirement that he so deserves. So that's our story this week. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to spending more time with you and sharing stories of our industry. See you next week. 